welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Welcome to Talk Tennis. I'm your host, Michelle, and I wanted to start this episode by answering some of your tennis questions. And I want to remind you, if you do have a question that you would like to hear answered on one of our episodes, feel free to reach out via email at podcast.tennis-warehouse.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 805-270-3336. I promise you will get a voicemail. I won't answer the phone so you don't have to talk to me, but would love to hear your questions. So our first question comes from at dman34, and he would like to replace the pure drive, and he wants something with a little more control and a little more comfort. So we get asked that question a lot. The pure drive can just be a little too powerful and not the most arm-friendly racket. But why do we love it? Mainly because it has such easy power and great maneuverability and good access to spin. So I'm going to give you a few options that I would suggest. First up would be the Bablot Pure Strike 98. I would suggest the 16 by 19 but you might as well also throw in the 18 by 20. So then you can really see if you're looking for a tighter string pattern or you prefer that more open string pattern. Both of those options are going to give you a little more feel and a little more control. They're great rackets. Highly recommend them. Then from Wilson, one of my favorites right now is the Wilson Blade 98 18 by 20. Now this racket's going to be a little heftier than your pure drive. So it's going to have a bit more mass behind the ball, but it's going to be harder to swing. Definitely more on the control-oriented side, but it might feel a bit beefier than your pure drive. My next option will be the Prince Phantom 100X. That was a favorite amongst many of our playtesters, and actually in this episode, we're going to be talking about that racket. So you're going to find easy power, but still amazing feel. So it's super flexible and really arm-friendly. So that's going to be a great option. And then last but not least, Really liking the Yonex V-Core Pro 97 HD. It also has an 18 by 20 string pattern and just a really nice racket. It's still maneuverable enough to hit through the ball, but has nice control and good feel. So those would be the four rackets I would suggest putting on your demo list to try to replace your pure drive. Next question comes from Guta Percha and he asks, when will Tennis Warehouse get head links to her? Great question. That string is quickly becoming a favorite amongst the playtest team, and we're really excited for you guys to get your hands on it. It should be available. We're hoping March 2020. Don't have an exact launch date quite yet, but we're thinking around BMP. It might be available for you to get your hands on it. Definitely one of our favorites recently. There's been a lot of good new strings, a lot of new string technology coming out. So something to be aware of and something to try out. We highly recommend it and keep your eyes out on the launch date for that string. Now, before we get into this episode, I actually was reading our Talk Tennis message board and had a question that I would like to hear your perspective on. Now, the question was a moral dilemma on the tennis court. Let's say you're playing doubles and your partner calls a ball out that you clearly saw in. Do you go with your partner's call or do you speak up and go against your partner and call it in? 
Let me know what you would do and let me know if you've been in this situation. You can reach out to us at podcast at tennis-warehouse.com or leave your answer in a voicemail at 805-270-3336 and we might feature your answer on next week's episode. Now let's catch up with this week's guest. The first time I met Tara, I was instantly drawn to her big personality, appreciation for tennis gear, and her British accent. She has a wealth of experience, born in Hong Kong, and plays under the British flag. A top-ranked junior, she's also played in every Grand Slam and has had her best showing in singles, making it to the second round of the 2016 Wimbledon. Turns out her favorite surface is grass. With over 20 ITF titles under her belt, she's a member of our team T-Dub group of players. And let's just say Tara has experienced many of the ups and downs of tour life. And I'm excited to chat with her today. Welcome to Talk Tennis. Thanks for joining me. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So normally I kind of start at the beginning with players, but I'm going to try something new. And I kind of want to do a bit of a gear check, like a bag check with you. So I know you've just recently switched rackets. And you're playing with something different, but let's talk about what rackets you're playing with and where you came from and how you kind of decided that these were a good fit for you. Yeah. So, I mean, I have had a lot of problems with rackets. Like I've, I've always been quite picky and been really into equipment and I, I always feel like it, it always helps. And it's really important part of tennis game. I think people underestimate how much your equipment can actually help you and, and make you feel secure with your tennis game. So yeah. I've had a lot of struggles with sort of finding the right thing for me. I used to use Prince when I was younger uh, and I grew up with it and it's such a different racket from all the other kind of brands that I've tried. And, and, you know, when, when they stopped sort of making rackets, I really struggled to find a racket that, that I personally love. So, so now when the new Phantoms came out, I just jumped at it. Like it's, it's something that's, I've wanted to try for a really long time. And then obviously you came and you said that they were coming back with it. And yeah, um, I tried it and I instantly loved it. It's it's something that was easy. It was such an easy transition for me because I, I was using the uh, Aero Pro Plus and I just felt like something was just off from me. Like it's a yeah. great racket. It's a great brand. But for my game, like I hit quite flat and um, a lot of my shots are quite compact. And I feel like with the Aero Pro, it's, it's really good for someone who uses a lot of spin and has quite big ground strokes and, and uses like the racket to sort of with their game. So I wanted to try something different. And obviously with a thinner beam on the uh, Phantom, that really helped my slice and, and sort of with the aerodynamic kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And you're using the Prince Phantom 100X, correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's definitely a much more flexible racket than anything Vavilot makes and yeah. it has a lot of feel. Now, with that, can you maybe describe your playing style to someone that's never watched you play before? You kind of got um, into it a little bit. but <laughs> uh, I think it's, I mean, once you watch me play, it's really obvious. Uh, but I, I try to use my forehand as much as possible. And uh, I like to slice a lot. And uh, I try and get into the net a little bit. But for me, like using my forehand to dominate the, the baseline is probably the best way to describe it. Yeah. And if anyone out there is listening, we have a couple of videos featuring some of your favorite drills. And that's a good way to get a better idea of how you play and how you control the, the court with your forehand. I love that drill <laughs> because that's me too. Yeah. No, no surprise at the forehand drill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like 90% of the court, we hit forehand. Right. So. Exactly. What is a back <laughs> Right. <Exactly>. Same. <laughs> I feel yeah. Now, um, String, you use Tour Bite from Slinko, yes. correct? Yeah, the 16L. 16L. And yeah. why do you like that 
Um, so for me, uh, losing tension really irritates me. And mm. a lot of the strings, especially the softer kind of poly strings, loses their tension really quickly. So I wanted to find something that personally felt good, but yet at the same time had endurance and durability. And I really feel like with the 16L, I have that. Like it lasts for a really long time and, and the tension holds. And traveling a lot, like we do, we spend so much money on restringing. Yeah. It kind of takes another element out of it. You know, we can wish I can restring a racket and it will last the week rather than it just losing its tension and I have to restring after every match. Yeah. I want to get into some of the grittier sides of traveling and playing, but you just mentioned restringing is so costly. Maybe you can give everyone listening an idea on how often you do restring and what the actual cost of that looks like. Well, I mean, ideally, like if cost wasn't an issue, I think you would want to have at least two fresh rackets strung for every match. It makes such a difference. Like your tension loses in weather conditions, loosens up when you travel, it loosens up when you literally take your racket out of a bag. So I think stringing your racket as often as possible is very important. It's it's very costly, though. I mean, even as like a person outside of tennis who plays a couple times a week knows that stringing mm. a racket can cost up to upwards of $25 to $35 each time. So with us having three, four rackets that we play with and use constantly, we have to string maybe at least six rackets a week. I can string rackets. So... Sometimes when there is a machine available, I will do it myself, but that's, you know, taking more time out of my day to string Mm -hmm. a racket, which I'm probably not as good as a professional stringer either. So (laughs) I would prefer a professional (laughs) stringer to string rackets than me, but yeah, it, it can get very expensive and it's something that's tough on the tour because, you know, a lot of people, especially like Federer or Nadal or Djokovic, they have their own stringer. So they have someone who constantly uses the same machine, mm-hmm. the same techniques, and they have the same tension coming out of the rackets every single time. Whereas we go to different tournaments every week, we have a different stringer, a different stringing machine, different tensions. So you have to really gauge before the tournament how the stringer strings. Does he string looser? Does he string heavier? And then you have to string again on top right. of that. So yeah, it's, it's very complicated. <laughs> does the stringing fees, you're normally going to a tournament and they have like an on-site stringer do you pay that stringer directly or is that coming straight out of your tournament money um no you pay you pay them directly because sometimes a lot of people will pay more on stringing than they even earn on the itf tour which is crazy but (laughs) that's crazy it's true it's true that happens yeah that's insane and i think that's one of the biggest education pieces i know tennis warehouse we've tried to educate consumers like we get it stringing is tough but it is such an important part of your game and i did want to speak a little bit more about funding i know i was reading up i was doing my research on you (laughs) and you play under the british flag so you had funding from the lta for a hot minute. Um, You were one of the up and coming juniors, very promised, and they kind of cut off your funding, which is super unfortunate. And we've seen, you know, like the the case I'm most familiar with is Taylor Townsend in the USTA. So it's definitely something that happens. And I don't think um, a lot of people realize that it happens. And I don't think a lot of people realize how it can affect your career. Because now that you don't have that funding that you've been playing with, it's hard to travel. It's hard to set up your coaches. It's hard to get your rackets restrung. So maybe you can explain how you went from having this great funding from the LTA and then how you navigated your career after that. Yeah, I mean, for me, I was very fortunate. At the end of the day, like a lot of people don't get the experience to have uh, someone backing you like the LTA Mm. did with me. And similar to Taylor Townsend, like I was always someone that like establishments and LTAs and like the USTAs as well have, 
I'm very lax with the way that I play. So it can be misconstrued for someone being very lazy and not in shape. But, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone has different ways of developing and everyone has a different style of tennis. And I think that it's unfortunate the way that like I was uh, interpreted, I think, I think it's, and, and the same thing with Taylor. I, I obviously don't know from firsthand experience, her, her kind of experience with the USTA, but yeah. from my experience, like, and speaking to Taylor very briefly about it, but it's just, it's something that like as a tennis player, there's so many different types of tennis. And I feel like a lot of it has to be developed by someone who understands you as a person. And at, at the end of the day, tennis is a, a sport, but you as a person is more important. And I think that that growing in that aspect is really important and sometimes you get the funding and you have to sacrifice other things so there's always a pros like like, there's pros and cons for both and and I think it's difficult to sort of have both you know yeah that makes sense and I think honestly the second someone watches you on court they see how talented you are I feel like just even speaking with you watching you you just feel like you've always been good at tennis in my opinion (laughs) (laughs) like you just kind of carry this like easy breezy kind of like you can make it happen so I can only imagine that must feel incredibly frustrating when someone doesn't believe in your talent um yeah I mean it's it's the talent is always quite visible from everyone. And I think that that's always something that I hear a lot. Oh, you're very talented, but, Mm. you know, and that's something that I think as I've grown older as well, you know, I have been playing for so many years now. It's something that I've understood a bit more as well. And at the end of the day, like it's down to me to put my talent into something constructive. Like a lot of people have talent, um, but putting it into good use is, is another story. So I think, yeah, as I've grown older, it has... I definitely understand it more and it it sometimes can be obviously I'm very fortunate to be good at what I do but at the same time you have to understand it and and respect it almost and and still put in the work and put in the hours and that's something that you need to understand from a young age. Yeah. Definitely and that kind of takes us into navigating injuries as oh we were talking about before we started recording. Um you suffered well it sounds like it, it was a couple of weeks ago from yeah. what you were telling me. Uh you had a match and I saw you retired and I was like what's going on and uh yeah maybe explain what happened, how you got back on the court knowing that you were injured and like maybe there's a bit of I have to play because I need this money kind of feeling. I'm not sure. Maybe you can speak better about that. For me, like it's, it's been a very crazy journey with my tennis. I would have to say like for many years, it was something that I did because I was very good at it rather than it being a passion and rather than being something that I was, that I I thought that I could be good at. It was always something that people told me I was really good at. And I'd be like, Hey, actually, yeah, you know, I'm doing good. So I must be kind of good at it. Mm. But in recent years, like it's been something that's played on my mind a lot. And I've always been weighing up the pros and cons of, you know, do I stop and get a regular job? I'll have money all the time. Like I'll be able to support myself. But at the same time, like something I've been doing for, for so long, for so many years, since I was, you know, seven years old, like it's, it's turned into something that I don't think I could deal without at the moment. So it's turned into a passion for me in the past couple months, the last year. And it's been really unfortunate because it's almost like when I didn't really want to play and I was kind of struggling with motivation, like my body was completely fine because I was young. And then now I'm getting older. <laughs> tennis. Um, yeah. I want to play and I, I've, I've, you know, I, I know what I need to do, but my body is kind of letting me down and, and in all these areas, which has been a very big learning curve for me. It's, it's been something that I think I didn't expect and, and it just kind of happens. Um, for me, like recently I've had a lot of problems with my shoulder. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've got like a, 
almost like a stress fracture in my shoulder. So I've been pay- playing with pain for for a little while now, and it, it's just been stressful and annoying because I've wanted to play. So yeah. I, I know that I'm playing well as well. So it's been kind of like, okay, what can I manage, and like how can I get on court and play matches without you know hurting myself too much? So at the moment, singles is a lot because serving and overhand things and stretching is kind of a lot for me, but you know, doubles, you're covering half the court. So you should be in position for most of the balls. So mm-hmm. I've been trying to play a bit more doubles just because of my shoulder, but I'm trying to get back on the court and play singles as soon as possible. That's the main goal, I think. Okay. So the goal is still to figure out a way to do it on the singles court and then doubles yeah. is still kind of a bit supplemental, Yeah, which, yeah, that's good to hear. I know um, I've talked to Haley Carter a bit about trying to decide yeah. Yeah. which direction you yeah. go in. And I feel like you'll eventually be in a similar boat because you've been having a lot of success in doubles. Yeah. Um, and your doubles ranking can get to one spot and then your singles ranking might not right. be at the same spot. Right. So. Yeah. So then that becomes a supplement. I mean, I, I've spoken to her briefly about it too and I think yeah it's something that's very personal and I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people know and a lot of people don't and that's just how you are as a person and I think that it's something that you have to discover along your journey of tennis well and I like how you say that tennis feels like it's something that you can't live without kind of right now um I was speaking to someone last week about Sophia Kennan and they said all she knows is tennis And I'm thinking, that's all most of us know. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like, like there's a lot of us that didn't just win the Australian Open that aren't top 10 American players. And that's all a lot of us know. And it's, you know, it kind of becomes, it's a love, for me, I've always said it's love-hate. Like, Mm -hmm. on those days that you have a bad loss, there's nothing in the world that you hate more. But, like, it's what you know so well. So, yeah, 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 I totally can feel that. Yeah. I mean, like, just like on Sophie, I mean, in anyone in general, like, sometimes even like reading like Agassi's book, for example, he had such a love hate relationship with a game. And I feel like that's just normal. It's like mm-hmm. comparing it to someone's job almost like it is our job. Like at the end of the day, we're fortunate enough that most of us enjoy our job, but there are some days where we don't want to get up. We don't want to go on the court. We're in pain. We don't want to wake up and it's cold outside. It's, you know, we don't want to do this, but it's your job at the end of the day and you have to find the passion or something that gets you out of bed to do it. And I think maybe a lot of people can't relate because they don't have a job that's so like activities based, like it's you're outside, you're outdoors. Mm -hmm. So that that is fun. But at the same time, if I, I mean, if, if you worked at a desk all day, you would know, like it's, it's not fun. And that's what almost playing tennis becomes after a while, because it's so monotonous you're doing the same thing over and over again so yeah I can see why people would find it tough yeah yeah for sure now something that we I also wanted to touch on that can compare a real life job I'm using air quotes (laughs) to a tennis pro job with your injuries we talked a little bit about healthcare and health insurance oh god so yeah (laughs) I've always I'm always curious and I kind of as I mentioned Haley already I kind of have touched on this with her but if you could give me a better perspective on how the WTA offers healthcare, who it's offered to, and what that even looks like. Um, so healthcare, I mean, living is expensive. I didn't know this until yeah. like until I became an adult. I just thought, you know, like <laughs> go around the world and like great. Like, but no, your body starts falling apart and you kind of get worried because mm. sometimes you go to these places, like these remote places that we're in the middle of nowhere. And you're like, if I just collapse here, like, how am I getting home? What am I doing? Am I just going to like die here? But yeah, no, I think like 
Haley would probably know more than I would. I mean, she's been like through the ringer with like her health and stuff like that. But for me, it's just been recently like with, with injuries and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, I'm lucky enough that I can get insurance through the WTA, but it's so expensive. I might as well just chop off my arm and give them that <laughs> instead, because that's basically what I've done. With, oh no. no. I mean, it, it's, it's expensive. Like it's, it's something that, I mean, healthcare is expensive when you're just in one place. Like Americans, I think, know that better than any other country. But mm-hmm. we're traveling around the world and we still need access to the same, you know, instantaneous healthcare that we should like get at home. And it's just, it's crazy. Like just planning all the doctor's appointments, planning like when I can get imaging done, like does your insurance cover this? Like who, you know, who to go to? It's, it's so complicated. And I, I, yeah, I try not to think about it. It's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that does sound a bit like a nightmare. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, then let's try a different topic that's not <laughs> as bad. <laughs> we'll talk about more fun stuff. Now, I wanted to bring this up. You play devils with your wife. I don't that... know. Is this supposed to be less stressful than the healthcare or more? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Good point. No, she's looking at me right now and she's like, oh, no, oh, no what are you doing? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, first of all, I feel like a lot of people listening can relate to this. And <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> A lot of people listening may have played with their significant others and may no longer play with their significant others. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, like winning must be amazing. But like, what about a bad day? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So like bad days are like times two, because not only are you having a bad day, but like she's having a bad day, too. So it's like, oh, God, just no one approaches right now. No, but I mean, it's, it's, in in that way, it's 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 bad. But in a good sense, like she's obviously going through the exact same thing you are. Mm. So you have someone to relate to someone you can talk to. And, and I think that's really nice. And that's something that not many people on tour have. So I'm, I'm lucky and, and fortunate in that sense that I have someone that knows what I'm going through. That is really cool. And maybe explain some differences between you two, just personality wise and tennis wise, because I think we're I, the complete opposite. I was going to say when I, when they say opposites attract, I definitely think yeah. you guys have opposite personalities and even opposite game styles. A oh, little completely. Bit. Yeah. I mean, like the fact is she's like, she's tall and I'm like a midget. So that's already like the biggest difference. And no, I mean, she, like she serves really well. And, and I think it complements like in doubles it, it kind of comp- we complement each other quite well like she she serves really well so it's like make, she makes it easy for me almost yeah um but I think yeah I mean she's 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 got her ups and downs and so do I and I think that that's the kind of thing you have to understand like no one's perfect and and especially if you're playing doubles and you're under a stressful situation with each other it's going to be tough regardless of who you play with you know it, it, I think doubles is important to have a relationship with your partner like your doubles mm-hmm. partner so it's it's already good that we have we have a relationship established already. So it makes playing a lot easier and understanding each other a lot easier. But that comes at sacrifice with with sort of like emotional stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you guys have had a lot of success on the court, and have you won a tournament this year? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah I not so. This year. Not this year. Last recently. Year. Yeah. Okay. Like the end of last year. Yeah. Feels like it's been a yeah. year already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's crazy. Um, Now, have you ever broken off since you've started playing together and decided like, okay, this isn't going to be a good, you know, like I need a break or she should play with this person. I want to play with this person. How does that look? Um, I mean, I think if we ever came to that point, like I think we would both be quite mature about it and just kind of say like, you know, this is how it is. But 
at the moment, like I, I'm not annoyed by her face yet. And I don't think she is, <laughs> hopefully with mine. So no, I mean, I think it's something you have to be mature about and you have to kind of put it into perspective for your career. Like at the end right. of the day, of course, like I want her to do really well and I, I'd like to do well with her. But if I'm not the best person for her, I would have to be mature enough to be like, hey, look, I mean, I think you should play with someone else that could help you more. So not at the moment, not, <laughs> not at the moment. Yeah. And do you guys help each other out coaching wise in singles or you just like, don't talk to me. I already know what I did wrong. <laughs> well, like I'm really opinionated if you can't tell. No, like I'm <laughs> like, I mean, I think it's, again, it's, it's, it's sort of like some things are good because obviously it's nice to have someone that can understand the game and help you out in that sense. But at the same time, like, do you want someone talking about your tennis to you all the time no so you have to <laughs> yeah. find that like balance of like okay yeah do I want your opinion right now if not like no you know so you have to be able to voice that I think that's yeah. the most important part yeah well and I was saying um a lot of people do find their matches in the workplace so it seems almost natural to have met someone and connected and being able to continue to your work-life balance but with them in all areas. So that's really cool. Uh, yeah. I'm excited for you guys. Totally. And again, you both have had a lot more success, it seems, since you've been together. So maybe that's something to be said. You're nice and happy. Yeah, definitely good for her. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Amina had a nice win. I'm like losing my memory, but I feel like it was just a couple of weeks ago. You guys have both had some great results recently. So yeah. in the singles and doubles. So Thanks. it's been awesome. Now let's see where we can pivot from there. I kind of want to hear about your start in tennis. You're born in Hong Kong, yeah. but you will play under the British flag. And now you're married to an American. Right. So. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, no, I mean, for me, like, it's something that I was born in Hong Kong and, and my mom's from Hong Kong. Uh, my, my father's British. And okay. like, I never really grew up in England. I, I, I was like, I lived there for a couple of years, but I actually okay. was in America for pretty much most of my adolescent life from like 10 to 17 I would say I was at okay. Braden I was in IMG so that was the where I was brought up I would say okay and how did that happen I mean how did you realize that you were going to be get so good at tennis that like let's put her at an academy um I didn't so I think like what happened was like they had scouts in Hong Kong mm -hmm. and they just basically said oh you should go out to America and my mom was like yeah we well, you know why not so we did wow uh, yeah, it was it was like w when I was growing up, we were quite like poor. We didn't have that much money. So like tennis was a luxury for me. Like I would play like once a week. It would it would be something that my mom had to sacrifice a lot for me to play. Mm -hmm. So I think when the scout was in Hong Kong and, and they said, you know, I have an opportunity to play tennis for free, have my education for free. Like it was something that was such a relief on my family because, uh, you know, the economy wasn't great at Hong Kong at the time. So it was something that really helped my family out as well not just me I think it was good for obviously my tennis but just in general I don't think I would have been able to you know have the lifestyle that I have now if I yeah. was just to stay in Hong Kong and not play tennis so yeah it was, it was really fortunate do you have any siblings no I'm an only child only child and yeah. did your parents play tennis or anything no so my my mom like loved tennis like she she always like watched the game from afar but she never uh got involved with it but 
I mean, I, I just picked it up really quickly. Like I think she put me in a couple different things like sports wise and, and music wise. And I hated music. I was terrible at that. <laughs> so sports was kind of the only viable option. And, and nice. yeah, tennis was probably the sport that I picked up the quickest. So yeah. Now, did you consider ever playing college tennis or you were already pretty committed to the pros? No. So I did consider going to college and I think, um, it's such a good option for for players these days, like especially with the game, uh, the longevity of the game becoming so much uh, longer and and wider. I think now you see players like you know Fed. He's like how old is he? Thirty eight, and he's still yeah. like in his prime almost. So I think nowadays it's such a good option to go to college and then turn pro afterwards and kind of go from there. Uh, but when I was kind of eighteen, it was a bit different. Like it was kind of changing, mm-hmm. but. Like, I still didn't know how long I'd be able to play for. So I always thought, like, I can always go back to school afterwards and, you know, play now. But, I mean, it's a great option. Yeah, for sure. So where do you call home right now? Uh, Good question. Uh, My (laughs) suitcase? (laughs) No, I think uh, I've been spending a lot of time out in Michigan. But I I do have a place out in London still. So... I still have my stuff in London. So I would say home is still London, but okay. um, in the process of moving to America. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Is there any reason that you would change your nationality or never, never, never. never, <laughs> never. But like I, it's, it's something that I've played Fed Cup for, for Britain as well. And I think that mm-hmm. playing for your country is such, it, it's a pride thing. You know, it's something that I've grown up watching British tennis, like supporting Andy Murray, supporting, you Mm -hmm. know, Heather and Joe. And like, that's kind of like what my headspace is at. And I think that people who grew up with a certain culture should just stick with your culture. You know, that's what I know. There's no, there's no chance of me switching to play (laughs) anyone right now. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Stick with that. Oh, you've got the accents. Yeah. Well, (laughs) kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, What do you love to do off the court? Um, I like watching a lot of movies. We have a lot of downtime, like when we're traveling. So I think like watching movies, reading books, that's kind of like the the standard. Like there's there's not really much else you can do when you're on the road in the middle of nowhere. So yeah, I mean, I like to watch a lot of movies and I just recently gotten into American football. Like I didn't oh, like nice. it before. And then Amina explained it to me and like forced <laughs> me to watch like nine hours of it in a day. So I kind of had to like it. So. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. you're going to move to America, you better figure it out. Yeah, I, I have to. Yeah, right. But she supports the Colts and I, I like the Seahawks. So I think like she's oh. unhappy with that. So yeah. <laughs> That will be fun. A fun rivalry to come yeah, for sure. Exactly. What has been the worst day of your career? Oh, there are so yeah. many. Like Really? I mean, <laughs> just like I mean, there's like worse. There's like the worst weeks of my career. Like, hmm. you know, I think there have been so many ups and downs. Like I can't even pinpoint a bad week. Like probably like when I dislocated my ankle a couple of years ago, Oh, that was just, it was my birthday. So I basically, I, oh, I broke my finger like two weeks prior to that. No, three weeks prior to that. And I was playing with like a cast on my left index finger. And then I go to this tournament in the middle of like Germany. It was horrible. And I dislocate my ankle so I like, go into the hospital, obviously, like this ankle is like huge. And the doctor oh, goes, geez. well, good news. Like you can take the cast off your finger. I was like, <laughs> I can't even walk. Like that's, you know, this wow. is just, yeah. But, and then my birthday was like the next day. So that was tough. That's that was fun. Tough. Yeah, that was really <laughs> fun. But I mean, all the bad days have good days. So that's what I'm yeah. trying to look for. I'm trying to forget the bad days. <laughs> 
Well, and I always like to remind people just because, you know, we've all been through it or not we've all, but some of us have been through it more than others. (laughs) The As we could say, uh, the bad, the bad days make the good days kind of like extra meaningful, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, so then next question would be what, what's been your best day of your career? Um, The best days of my career, like there has, it has to be like a collective time. Like I couldn't say like, oh, this was the best day, but like the period of time where I've just been the happiest, it has to be like recently. Like I, even though I'm going through all these injuries and stuff like that, I've probably been the most clear-minded and like happy on the court that I had been in many years. Like I, last year I was like suffering like anxiety attacks, panic attacks on court. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it wasn't fun for me. It, it was just, it, it became like a chore. Like every day I would wake up and I just didn't want to get out of bed some days. So yeah. I think just being happy and like healthy mentally is just, just been such a blessing for me the past couple of months. So that's just been the best time for me. For sure. And I think our listeners will be familiar with this story, but they might not know that it was you. You uh-huh. went viral a couple <laughs> months, or I think it was last year at this point, but like a few months ago where you came back from a 6-0, I think you were down match point. Yeah, I was 6 I was one that's point off a Guinness World Record. I'm so sad. No, <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, someone, someone like messaged me afterwards and you, they were like, you know, you were like one point off a Guinness World Record, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, <laughs> no, but it, um, it, it's yeah, crazy. Talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> how it, did, how did you do that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, no, I mean, I was playing a good player as well. And, and it was funny because it was the first week that I was able to take my coach to go with me to a tournament. So I was like looking up at him when I was like six oh five oh down. I was like, "You're fired! Like you're fired! Like we're done! Like this is it." No, um, I was joking with him. I was like, you know, but I was playing really well. So I never thought like I was always thinking like, "How am I six oh five oh down?" Yeah, it was never like, "Oh, I should be like because I'm playing like crap." Or so it was something like just the belief of knowing that if I can string like a couple points together and and you know claw my way back in, like she might lose a little bit of like uh, confidence and I might be able to just capitalize on that yeah I think with tennis it's just something that proves like it's not over until literally the last ball is struck and I think that it's such a it's 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 nice for me because at that stage of my career like I literally had done nothing for so long I was doing so Mm. like I was doing so (laughs) bad that like I was like am I going to stop? Am I not going to stop? And it was just something that like gave me a little bit more confidence to like continue. And I'm like, okay, no, I can actually do this. Like she's a good player. Like I'm still able to come back from such a big deficit. Like there must be something that that's in this for me. Yeah. I mean, if, if that doesn't say mental strength, I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah. That's insane. I can do it. Anyone can do it. So that's for sure. <laughs> no, I'm giving you all the props because oh, I would have made some sort of mistake in there. <laughs> I, it was so funny because I remember when it happened and around our office, they're like, oh my gosh, there's this girl that just came back from 6050 down. She's down match points. And I'm like, oh, no way. And I like Googled it. I'm like, oh, it's Tara. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Like I had I so many, like, I had so many coaches and be like, oh, wait, that was you. So like, that's what I'm famous for, which is, which is better than most things anyway. So at least it's a positive, right? 
<laughs> for sure. Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, so what are the goals right now looking like? What like navigate me through what do you want to do next year? What do you want to do overall? What does it look like for you right now? Yeah. Uh, personally and tennisly, like tennis wise, like I think I want to get back and be healthy and, and just keep enjoying like how it's going. Like tennis has to be something that you want to do mm-hmm. like yourself. So I think that that's been really important for me to understand. Um, and you know, like outside of tennis, like I want to, I want to get my pilot license. So that's something that I'm like looking forward to doing like, uh, like cool. mid this year. So yeah, I mean, it's all exciting, all, all good steps and all moving forward. Yeah. Do you feel like you're dealing with everything better because you're getting older and you're more mature? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like when I was younger, I did not know how to deal with anything. And I think tennis just magnified that kind of thing. Cause I'm put in situations time and time again where where little decisions can make such big impacts on your day to day. And I think when I was younger, going back to the like the whole LTA thing, like I think mm-hmm. little decisions that I made that didn't really seem like a big deal to me then had such a big impact on my career. And and it's a shame in in some ways because you're you're 16, you shouldn't make life decisions like that. But at the same time, it made me grow up really fast. And and now I kind of understand like what I need to do and 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 how I need to do it. So it's been, it's been good for the most part. Nice. Well, let's just wrap up with some fun little questions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Um, favorite emoji. No, no, no. They're fun. Favorite emoji. Um, I like the one that goes like, what's that? Like the one where she's like, what's going on? Like that one. Yeah, yeah that one. Yeah. I know that one. Um, yeah. Signature shot. Or like slap forehand, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, same. Yeah, exactly. Like who who needs any other shot? Right? And when it's good, it's really good. Yeah, exactly. And then when it's bad, it hits the fence. So. Exactly. You just need to make it one more time. Right. Yeah, many exactly. times you miss. Uh, what kind of loser are you? So like after a bad loss. I'm actually a really good loser because I've done you? it so much. Like with tennis, no one tells you when you sign up for this sport that like you lose 99% of the time. Like unless you're like Fed or like Serena, you are like loser, loser, loser. So like every week you're losing. So I think I've turned into a pretty good loser. That's good. (laughs) I hope. Uh, What does your best day off look like? Uh, Literally PJs, computer, bed, like, yes, ultimate lazy day. Nice. Favorite part of tennis? Winning, because we don't do that very often. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, traveling. I think traveling, actually. Like, it's it's so nice to be able to go around the world and see different places. Least favorite part? Traveling. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you have to go to really crap places and like there's not even, like I was in Guadalupe like last week or whatever and there was no running water at the club. So like you couldn't even go to the bathroom before you play the match. Like you just had to be like, oh, hold it. Like, yeah. So (laughs) just the worst. Yeah, that's tough. Um, What's on the bucket list? Uh, As in like to do wise? Well, um, I do want to get my pilot license. So that is something that I really want to do. Cool. And I'd love to be able to travel for like three months without my tennis bag. Like that would be <laughs> unbelievable. Like I wouldn't need to pay for an extra bag, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> and second of all, like just being able to visit places without, you know, seeing the tennis court, that would just be great. Um, what's your favorite food? Asian, because I'm Asian. No. <laughs> Asian, <laughs> I have to be Asian. 
hands down. <laughs> All the Asian. Yeah. Fa- uh, what's your coffee order? Um, I like my coffee black because my personality is like that. No, I, I, yeah, I, I try not to drink black coffee anymore because like I was having really bad anxiety attacks. So like caffeine apparently affects that. So haven't been drinking apparently. coffee. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Maybe I should stop. <laughs> yeah. um, who's your favorite player at the moment? Um, for me, like you have to go with the OGs, haven't you? Like probably like Fed. Fed's like yeah. you can't go wrong with Fed. Exactly. Um, who's a player that you look up to right now? Uh, oh my god, Amina's pointing at herself. I'm just like blocking her out. Hoping you would say. I was no, like, hello. <laughs> Wait, can we me. just <laughs> side note? Uh, Amina just got a sportsmanship award. Do you oh want to talk god. about that? <laughs> yeah, she did get a sportsmanship award. Like, I don't know how this is just ridiculous because she so she shaped all of the umpires' hands, like the line umpires' hands. She is really nice, unfortunately. No, <laughs> so no, I, I think that she she is really like she's very. Like, yeah, I would give her the sportsmanship award. She is nice to opponents and she's nice to the umpire. So, yeah, why not? Yeah, whatever. I'm avoiding her. She's quite tall, so you can look up to her in that way, too. (laughs) Well, I don't know about that. (laughs) You know, brackets, you know. (laughs) She's broken. You know her orders from you guys. True. <laughs> oh, we should have gotten Amina on here at the same time oh, so she could at least have a voice. No, she has no voice. She she knows that. She knows. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Next, <laughs> bold tennis prediction for this year. Oh, bold tennis prediction for this year. Um, like I think that it's going to be like Fed and I think Fed and Nadal. After the Olympics, I think they're going to call it quits. That's my bold prediction. I don't want them okay. to, but I think they will. Like, okay. what, what, what better way to go out like without? Like, he hasn't won the Olympics before. He's won like everything, right? I know. Do you have you, you noticed that? Like, yeah. And most of the people that win Olympic, not most of, but sometimes it's like people that wouldn't even win a Grand Slam. Yeah, so, right. yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But I, I no think, offense to anyone with a gold medal. No, I mean, it's unbelievable achievement. Like, it, I'm not taking anything away, but like, I think it's such a different atmosphere. Again, mm-hmm. it's such a different vibe, and I think he really wants to win that. He wants to like break all records. So I think he's yeah, he's out. Yeah. After, he's gonna peace out after that. Okay, that's a good prediction. Um, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Just being able to show that you know anyone of any background, of any race, of any ethnicity, of anything can do sports can play sports like I think that that's the most important thing it doesn't matter of how what kind of body type you have or or you know your sexuality or anything like you can go on the tennis court and be a professional sports person if you really want to be that's the only thing that I can give I like that yeah that's awesome good advice um do you have a life motto or quote that you go by oh no I really don't I probably should but no I don't like I I don't know I don't think I'm that cheesy no, I am. You know <laughs> I am. Who you are. <laughs> you, you are That's why I asked. Can you just like supplement one of your quotes in there? I'll take sure. one of those. Your quotes are sure. good. I'll take those. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's next on your calendar as far as tournaments? Um, well, it depends on if my arm's going to fall off or not. But I, <laughs> no. I, I want to go to Japan next year, uh, next week, next year, next week. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like there's a 60K in, in Kyoto. So I think if I don't have that much pain, I'll, I'll try and do that. Okay. But if I do, then surgery. Oh no. <laughs> Are you guys going to be around for the Indian Wells Oracle Challenger? Um possibly around. I hope I'm like I'm 
playing it, but I don't know. Maybe Amina was playing it. You know, <laughs> playing it. Up to her. I don't know. <laughs> well, hopefully, because she really can see her right now. She's like fake laughing. She's being the worst. Uh, next time next time we need this like videotaped and with her sitting next to you yeah just we need the eye rolls she, no her eyes would be on the floor so she'd have to go find them and pick them up somewhere she'd be rolling her eyes so much oh my gosh that's too funny um how can people keep up with you what's your social call outs i instagram a lot i probably i probably yeah instagram story i think my profile's open so yeah instagram probably okay so Go follow Tara on Instagram. <laughs> she really, oh, wow. You, re- you really sold it. <laughs> yeah, because I was just thinking, I was like, if you, if you follow Amina, you probably get more candid shots of me than like myself. Because like, I'd be like, oh, this is a great shot. I'll post this. But Amina will post me like when I'm like falling on the floor or something, which is more me. So. Yeah. Um, and as I mentioned, we do have some videos with you on our YouTube channel and I'll link those in the show. So edited so too, can- so they're good. <laughs> they're edited (laughs) yeah but the showing off that forehand and all of that and you know what I think that wraps it up is there anything else that you want to say no I mean tennis warehouse is great so they are they definitely have the most wide variety of all equipment and they know their so just check them out yeah and we love having you on our team obviously as I mentioned lots of personality and that was one of my questions too what's like something weird we would find in your tennis bag um probably like loads of just like food wrappers like I have Mm. food wrappers and receipts like that's probably the grossest thing like I'm pretty good with my bag I'll clean it out every now and again if you look at Amina's bag it's worse I think Or Amina. We're just going to title this Throw Amina Under the Bus yes, episode. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, any last words? <laughs> Don't know before Amina kills me. Is that my last word? <laughs> I'm scared for you. I'm scared too. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. That's, that's been really fun. Thanks for having me. Okay. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining. This was fun. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. As you probably could hear in my voice, I really enjoy speaking with Tara and I love her perspective on life, whether it's on the court or off the court. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you shared it with your friends and we would love to hear what sort of content you're craving. So email us either at podcast at tennis-warehouse.com or you can leave feedback in a review wherever you download your podcast and let us know what you want. I also want to let you guys know I will be out in Indian Wells and I'm so excited for some sunshine and tennis and I would love to hear any ideas on some episodes you would like to hear featured from the BNP Paribas Open. I would also love to meet you so if you do see me please flag me down and let's talk all things tennis. Now hope you have a great rest of your week and until next time happy hitting. I like soccer. You guys call it football over here. Uh, no, 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 we call it football. You guys call it <laughs> yeah. You're one of the few players that really is in tune with your gear. I just threw everyone else under the bus. <laughs> I'll tell them you said that. I'm going to just take that little snippet. I'm going to send it to Quinn. I'm going to send it to everything. Quinn especially because she has everything. Like her bag is just nuts. <laughs>